Chapter 10 Library Written by Mussin and read by Scribbledog This was getting ridiculous. Hand-holding and adopting kittens and the church group basically planning their wedding. It was all getting to Crowley. He could joke with Anathema about being in love, spit the words out as an excuse for anything and everything, but it was actually starting to get to him. He curled up in bed and thought of Tantalus, the water up to his chin, the fruit just above his head. How maddening, how sickening, and once his frustration had worn through like old shoes, how fucking sad. He'd signed up for this knowing he'd have these days. He just needed the space to feel sorry for himself, just for a bit. He cancelled his plans with Aziraphale. I'm just not feeling well, under the weather. He liked under the weather because it discouraged questions. Anathema knew him well enough to wish him a speedy recovery from his little bitch syndrome. But Aziraphale was new to the party. He offered to come over to bring chicken soup, keep him company. Crowley begged off. He just needed to lie in bed and feel sorry for himself. Give him two days, three or four at the most, and he'd miss Aziraphale more than he wanted to strangle him. It was all a matter of balance. Until then, he'd disappear with his fake flu and a complete series of Golden Girls and get it all back under control. It felt bad. It felt bad behind his eyes and in his ribs and throbbed bad in his toes and curdled bad in his stomach. Every day with Aziraphale, he came to love him a bit more. Whether it was finding out something new or just confirming all the other stuff was for real. Crowley's flu had been brought on by a late-night phone call. A client decided to take his business to a cheaper and less proficient conservator. Aziraphale had been angry and Crowley had watched, waiting for the appearance of bad manners, a flare of temper, waited to see how it would churn on him. He had been fully prepared to make his excuses and leave for the evening, when Aziraphale had sighed, straightened his shoulders and turned a rueful smile on Crowley. Let's not let it ruin our night. It felt like a punch straight through his chest. This didn't feel like playing anymore. When he'd prepared himself to be alright with unrequited love, he couldn't have counted on just how in love he was going to be. He thought he could lean on those old mainstays to justify why, really, he was better off with Aziraphale breaking his heart and leaving. One of those was anger. Short tempers, mercurial moods. They rid their ugly heads sooner or later. Crowley's own shitty moods had made him distant, and Caustic would clash with Aziraphale's snits once they got down to it. He had been certain. He had been certain. It wasn't like he needed it yet, but it had been like finding out his parachute didn't have a ripcord ten seconds after jumping out of the plane. Not a problem yet, but definitely something that needed sorting. And it felt really bad. Crowley curled in on himself in bed, hair loose over his face, covers up to his ears. Beside him, his tablet asked if he was still watching. He wasn't. His phone was switched off and face down on the nightstand. He closed his eyes and sunk further into the bed, letting himself doze on and off until the sun was shining through his eyes through the slits of the blinds and he had to reposition. He heard footsteps outside the patter on his porch. 
Something slid through the parcel slot on his door, although the mailman wouldn't bother coming this far. Aziraphale. Curly curled into himself further, but eventually his curiosity got the better of him. He padded out on bare feet, wood creaking under each muddled footfall. A book lay behind his front door. It wasn't one of the really ancient ones from Aziraphale's collection. It was so modern it had a colour photo on the cover. Rare Orchids of the World. Crowley picked it up and turned it over in his hands. He cracked it open and found the front page to be desecrated with writing. Aziraphale's tight, loopy script, no less. In case you get bored, feel better soon. A. 2019. I have the internet, Angel, Crowley murmured into the dead air. Aziraphale was thinking about him. Worried about him? Of course he was. They'd been seeing each other all the time, joined at the hip for at least a month. And then Crowley disappears with a mysterious illness? Aziraphale probably thought he was at best some sort of mucus fountain, and at worst laid up with a black plague. Crowley clutched a book in both hands, staring at the inscription. He was allowed to need time. He was allowed to feel bad. If he pushed himself to act like things were normal, he would do something stupid, say something stupid and ruin everything. If he stood a chance, in his dreams, then he wasn't improving it by showing off his needy, moody, damaged self. Better to be in bed reading an outdated book about orchids. He took the book to bed with him, that and a bottle of wine. He set the book and a drink on his nightstand and paused. He'd feel better for a change of clothes, even if he wasn't up to showering yet. A fresh pair of pants and some clean pyjamas later, he fluffed the pillow so he could sit up in bed. Aziraphale's gift clenched tightly in hand. He drank in moderation and read up on what botanists of the 60s thought about orchids. He tried not to linger on the guilt of keeping Aziraphale away, or the crisis compounding in his heart. Most of the day disappeared into sleep. Some of it disappeared into staring into the middle distance and feeling awful. A lot of it was spent on the book. When the next morning broke, Crowley dragged himself out of bed to water the plants. He had a big order due at the end of the week and planned to leave it to the last second. If he tried to do it in this state, he'd end up losing a finger to clumsy secateurs. Back at the house, another book lay by the front door. Crowley swallowed around the lump in his throat. Carnivorous plants. Thought you might find this interesting. Rest up. A. 2019. Today he managed a shower. Greasy hair wasn't helping his mood. He made a point of eating something with vegetables. Drank some water. Still felt horrible. He wanted to turn on his phone. Call Aziraphale and beg for company. Wanted to call him up and say all sorts of embarrassing things like I miss you and you're devastating and please run away with me, I'll make you happy, I promise. Instead, he buried his face in his pillow and let out some undignified noises, clenching his fists to stop him reaching for the phone. He flicked through some carnivorous plants, but the book hurt too much. He ended up back on his tablet with the first cartoon he could find blaring into the quiet room. It was too much, he was convinced, like a car crash victim whose morphine hadn't kicked in yet. <laughs>
This was just too much to live with. He couldn't look at Aziraphale every day and never touch. He couldn't be exposed to all that tenderness and kindness without wanting it for himself. He was only human. This wasn't fair. He crushed a pillow to his chest and refused to reach for his phone and kept his eyes fixed on the tablet. On the third day, he knew he was borrowing trouble. It hadn't even happened yet, and he was living in the day after Aziraphale rejected him. He was dying in words that hadn't been spoken. And they wouldn't be. They wouldn't ever be if he could just get himself under control. Maybe Aziraphale would be his friend for longer than he thought. Maybe forever. If he just shut up. He laughed to himself. He'd never once in his life been able to stop his mouth going. Crowley got dressed. Just sweatpants and a t-shirt, but they were real clothes. He made himself fried eggs on toast with asparagus. Asparagus had something in it, didn't it? Iron or zinc? It was green. Something clattered at the door while he was eating. A thump on the wooden floor. Crowley set his fork down and rose. The history of giant sequoias in North America. The photo on the front was brilliant. A tree as tall as a skyscraper with a tiny little man beside it for scale. Buck up. I'll see you soon. A. 2019. And what was that supposed to mean? Crowley pressed the book to his forehead, breathing deep. Borrowing trouble. He still felt terrible, but if Aziraphale pulled away, he'd feel much, much worse. It was time to shake it off. He opened the door. Aziraphale, he called out. The man was already a ways up the driveway, moseying along with his hands behind his back. Aziraphale turned back to him and smiled warmly. He reversed course immediately, making his way back to Crowley's door. Oh, hello. How are you feeling? Awful, Crowley said truthfully. May I come in? I could make you some tea. Crowley shook his head. He realised too late he wasn't wearing his sunglasses. Weird eyes on a weird guy. Come sit with me. Aziraphale followed him inside and took a seat on his couch. The three feet of space between them seemed to radiate. Too empty, too big. Curly felt bad, right down to the soles of his feet, but also strong enough for this. With one eyebrow quirked, Aziraphale held out an arm. He glanced down at his knee, then back at Crowley. Too exhausted to argue or even wonder if it was a good decision, Crowley keeled over, his head in Aziraphale's lap, short, strong fingers finding his hair. He didn't say anything, offer any explanation for his absence. He flung an arm around Aziraphale's waist and tried not to think about anything. Aziraphale murmured comforting nothings, fingers digging into Crowley's scalp. And in no time, Crowley was drifting off again. Clementine will return in Chapter 11. Addict. Addict.